Nerdaplexy Movie Review Show! Welcome to the Nerdaplexy Movie Review Show mini-episode. This is where we break down our breakdowns of the movies we just watched, answer your pressing questions, and let you know what to check out for next time. Today is also the fourth meeting of the Nerdaplexy Comic Book Book of the Month Club. My name is Reed, and with me today we have... Sam and Dave. So let's dive in. All right, well, if you're listening chronologically, the movie we're coming off of uh, most recently is Jim Carrey's The Mask. Smoking, smoking episode. And uh, our, our, our collab, <laughs> uh, we need to put it, we need to drop an album. The remix. We, we need to drop an album quick. It is, it is fire as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad you liked it because um, I did do that thing using your words and orders that um, you did not do. I really liked. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I I was looking and I was like, okay, let me just try to grab a, a, a sound grab, maybe something else, like hype up stuff for the beginning. And the very first clip I like was scrolling through and landed on was the hell yeah, and I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> this can work. It was great. I definitely downloaded. It's on my computer. That sound like you when you sent it before you dropped the episode. I, I saved it in case you get rid of it from our Dropbox. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That well, I'll never, I'll never get rid of that. I listened to that probably for an hour. Um, just cracking myself up. <laughs> it was very good. I wrote it and then I had I had to walk away and come back to it. See, and yeah, I, I have to say, Dave, I give you credit. I'm not sure how much I would have liked to be turned into a SoundCloud rapper. I I figure like if it, it fits the bit and it's such like a thing that nobody would expect to come from me specifically, including me, because I didn't because you didn't uh, do it. I didn't do it. Correct. But when I heard it, I was like, yeah, all right. I sound almost like I have some kind of idea of what new music is. And I was down for it. I was I, I loved it. Was there an actual song because i was under the impression you were talking about an actual song yes that uh, i don't know the that, actual yeah, song that mask off it, <laughs> it's it's not it's not like it's not an unknown song i still don't know the actual song i mean it's unknown to me i guess that's fair it's just like it went i i that is basically it i mean it's not specifically about stanley ipkiss but it uh that's how that's how the hook goes but why not <laughs> Now, it it seems like Turnabout is fair play because you guys know this stuff and I know who Jermaine Dupri is. Okay. That's true. Yeah, we were we were completely lost on Jermaine Dupri. I felt I felt bad. Right. And then when you when you said who he was, I was like, "Oh, of course I know his stuff. I just didn't know his name." Here I thought they liked him and it turned out they didn't even know who he was. I forgot about him all over again. I think that's another line from a Jermaine Dupri. Well, if you listen to the episode, <laughs> I did. I did. I, I put in a little Jermaine Dupri clip because it was. It seemed important. It was. It was good. <laughs> I listened to. I went for a run. I was listening to us. I started laughing so hard in the <laughs> in the middle of the run. Anyway, it seems it seems fair. I know early two thousands, mid two thousands rap, and you guys know like the stuff that just came out. Well, to be fair, I know the stuff that's on the radio. <laughs> Yeah, this, the, yeah, the that, same. Uh, mascot. That that's that song's like six years old. Well, I I've been listening to my own playlist for a long time. <laughs> New to you, at least. You should look into it. It's good. <laughs> Sam's like my newest song is like "Dust My Shoulders Off." <laughs> yeah, just yesterday I was listening to "Possum Kingdom" by the Toadies. So, you know, that new jam. <laughs> I always forget how long that song is, and then it comes up on a playlist it's like six minutes. Come on, <laughs> I don't think it's that long. Flies by. It does. <laughs> It's like five minutes and 30 seconds. It's a long song. Make up your mind. How long is it? That was roughly six minutes. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. That's a Teddy's joke. 
I got it. I will say, Sam, you're you have been victim to my music adding you to so- to song. That I believe what was that? You may be right. You did a rendition of "You May Be Right." Oh, <laughs> yeah. See, I keep I keep doing this just to try to make you do a little bit more work. But as of you know, the last episode, you've you had your work cut out for you in that one, and that was nobody even asked for that. No, that's that was but just because we didn't know we needed it. The universe <laughs> asked for it and Reed was ready. Yeah, <laughs> it's just me procrastinating. Honestly, it's because I don't want to finish editing. And if I spend like way too much time, time stretching something Dave said offhandedly into a like a two minute song, then <laughs> time will spend. It was worth every second. This is the kind of baloney I would do anyhow, and I'm just glad I have an outlet for it now. Now, now it seems much less fucking psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's not a great segue, but <laughs> uh, psychotic. No, I have Moon Knight, but that was the last one. But this isn't. This is a lot like Moon Knight in a lot of ways, in that it's like Egyptian-ish and multiple personality. One takes over for the other. The other one doesn't know it's happening until it's already over. Also, uh, a mask plays a huge part. So it's sort of like the mask. This is the perfect cross section of the mask and Moon Knight. Our last two episodes. Ah, uh, there we go. Or sorry, last well, Moon Knight would have been like th- four episodes or five episodes ago. Well, it's okay. Well, these are all distinct. Time flies. These are all distinct series within the greater <laughs> Nerdaplexy market. We've got exactly. we've got the comic movie review show happening currently with the comic book book of the month club, which this is now, and I can tell that because I hear a real chaotic orchestra starting. <laughs> Nerdaplexy comic book, comic book of the month club. It's a book club for comic books. This month we're talking about 2015's Monstrous. This is an, a comic that is ongoing today. It is written by Marjorie Liu. The art is by uh, Sana Takeda. And Russ Wooten is on the letters for this one. This is a, like I said, this one's ongoing. This is a long series. I believe there are six volumes, Awakening, The Blood, Haven, The Chosen, War Child, and The Vow. We are reviewing, if you're on Hoopla, we are doing volume one, which is issues one through six, titled Awakening, is what we'll be covering today. This one was heavy. Well, that certainly was. Not to uh, not to steal too much from the interwebs, but there's a specific monstrous fandom wiki, and it gives like a, a quick summation of the story. So yeah, sure, please. Just to just to give you an idea, it's a comic published by Image Comics, set in alternate matriarchal 1900s Asia in a richly imagined world of Art Deco inflected steampunk, and it tells the story of a teenage girl struggling to survive the trauma of war and who shares a mysterious psychic link with a monster of tremendous power, a connection that will transform them both. Not unlike Killer Be Killed. Not unlike Killer Be Killed. Moon Knight. Um, there's so many parallels to so many things. I mean, when you when you get right down to it, how many different kinds of stories are there? But yeah, there's a lot going on. That that seems like there's a whole lot going on, and that's because there is a whole lot going on in this. I downloaded a couple different versions because I wanted to get some, you know, basically special features. There's a if, if you are downloading this on Hoopla, pick up that there is a volume that is so it'll be one rental. 
and it'll be the first, I believe, like 18 issues. So um, that's kind of a better borrow. We're only covering the first six because, you know, that's we do. We're doing trades here, but that one is available as well. In that larger issue is a kind of author letter. And I read through that. Uh, kind of going through Lou's um, experience in writing this story. And this is kind of the story that she had in the back of her head for a very long time, and it never really uh, came to anything until she was talking to her her grandparents who uh, experienced a lot of trauma and horror during uh, World War II in China. And basically, Lou wanted to write a story about being a survivor and learning how to survive in this, you know, kind of war-torn landscape and also learning how to then survive what you had to do to survive, uh, which I thought was a really interesting kind of spin on this whole story and the arc. These are characters that we get introduced here into the first volume. And it's sort of when I, I... I, I always like whenever stories kind of start in the middle. They don't expect you. To, you don't know anything yet. You're sort of just thrust into this universe and you're having to pick up on context. Because I always find that I pick up more from a story whenever they do that than if they give me like a long exposition paragraph or, you know, whatever, a, a page of, you know, here's the background and, and here it goes. It, they just start you kind of right in the middle. But the other thing that I really like, I almost always skip that. How I, I never I can't skip anything. This is maybe my own disorder, but whenever somebody says I have to like watch a TV show, but you can skip season one because it's only okay, I can't do it. <laughs> if I if if I have to watch it from the be- if I can't watch it from the beginning, I don't want to watch it. And if it's not good from the beginning, it's it's tough it's a tough sell for me. Uh, but yeah, the other thing I really like is kind of might sound contradictory to what I just said, but as the story goes, they get you deeper and deeper and deeper into the lore. And as soon as you feel like, oh, my God, I have no idea what they're talking about, they'll give you a page that is kind of like a fun framing of the story from and not, you know, no spoiler, no spoiler. Uh, there's like they're cat, pe- cat people kind of more closer to cats, but or with um, human characteristics, not human looks. So there's a professor Tam Tam and he gives you like a lot of the history behind this world, this war torn world and, you know, where it started, where it where it came from and other major events that happened along the way that sort of inform whenever you feel like you've gone too deep and you think like, there's no way I can keep reading this. I have no idea what's happening. So for a, a good metaphor, they throw you into the water. They wait until you're really close to drowning and then they pick you pick your head up out of the water, give you a minute to breathe and then they throw you back in. And I kind of like that because like it it's it's that immersive experience that the the learning experience. It's the the curve the Sam likes to get waterboarded by stories. The curve is high, but they trust me to make it. Well, I mean, I think you nailed it right at the very beginning when you said that uh, they throw you right in the middle. You you don't know where you are, so you are forced to just start absorbing things by uh, context. And that's the best way to learn. I mean, like full immersion language classes is just you're just figuring things out naturally. And this this story doesn't take you by the hand, but you are correct that it gives you the tools. Uh, and in the one version I uh, was looking at on the app, there is one of my favorite concerns seats in any fantasy text or novel or things like that where they have a glossary of terms and an index oh my god that's that is that's what i know like oh okay this is a 
this is a real deal thing here. I got a glossary. There's going to be weird terms. And this one is chock full. This is a fully realized fantasy world. And like Sam said, they don't hold your hand. You just have to kind of figure out what's going on. And it, it's pretty clear cut. But there's there's a few different kind of races and key factions. Um, so let's go over a couple just before we kind of dive into the plot. So it seems that there are regular old standard humans. And then there are also what are called arcanics, which are basically magic people. There's uh, bird people with wings and there's fox people with tails and cat and cat ears. And then there's straight up like cyclopses and ogres. So there there's lots of different species represented here. Um, Sam also. And I love the necomancers, the necomancers or whatever. Yes, the cats. Exactly, like Sam was talking about the cat people, the cats. Uh, they are just basically cats. They look like cats, but they can speak and use tools. And my favorite feature is the more power and experience they gain, they get more tails. Yeah, it's it's a great it's it's a great thing. I, I want like a or just them story. I'm sure it exists. It's a rich world, uh, and there are. And Professor Tam Tam kind of tells a lot of the cat legend, and he he spins a lot of cat lore, and it's great. The best part about this a series for me is that it is very deep. There, it is very deep, and there's lots of resources that you can dig into to get more into the world, or you could just kind of take it at face value and be like, oh, "Okay, weird cat stuff. Yeah, check. Moving on." So the, you can kind of buy in at your own level, but uh, as long as you're okay with being a little confused and kind of not caring about you know who the shaman empress is, <laughs> no big whoop. All right, so let's get into some of the some of the plot. So we start off at a a slave auction a challenging one at that they they point out that she's 17 this is um a brutal story in a lot of ways it's it's a story about war in the aftermath it it pulls no punches and there's a certain there is a power balance that power imbalance that's immediately established between or not a power imbalance but certainly a, a disparity between humans and uh arcanics where there's like absolute line that humans draw where arcanics are not human and are like lesser and humans are are different so you kind of get that literally first two panels they draw that 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 line is drawn in the sand our main character has been acquired is not sold but is acquired by the kumea i want to say which is a that sounds right an order of science nuns who (laughs) basically use archaics and arcanic stuff and parts to make magic weapons and give themselves superpowers, I think. Yes, they imbue themselves with the power of the Arcanics, which sometimes they eat it. Yeah, sometimes they eat it, which in itself is kind of like, you know, it gives you the the irony of the situation, right? You're led to believe that humans are, uh, they, they think Arcanics to be this abomination because of the way that they are. And yet what they're doing is they're basically Nazi scientists trying to get into like, what makes them what they are and how they can use it to make them better. And and that's the main source of their innovation and their, you know, a lot of their powers is actually they're using the arcanics who they're saying are lesser against them, which is, yeah, kind of extremely ironic. So there's a kind of a lot of themes that that go on and are mentioned a lot. And and one of the things through, you know, um, the first, you know, book and volume of this is the the horror that happened at Constantine, where everybody thinks that there some sort of terrible new bomb went off. 
but other other people who were there seem to think it, it was something else. Might the these old gods that are seen wandering this universe, which is such an amazing concept, and I, I love it. Yeah, ghosts of old gods specifically. Yes, it, it, these huge, basic, basically giant kaiju that are just images, like ghosts. They can't interact. They just wander around. And so much so that everyone's just kind of annoyed by them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And can they see me? Like, well, no, ghost, ghosts can't see. It's like a, a big part of it. It's very cool. And it, it really goes to the the art style here. Um, we, we haven't really touched on it yet, but it is, is really typified by the, those big old old gods and the monstrum <laughs> as they are called in my opinion the the art style can be described as eyeball heavy <laughs> biblically biblically accurate angel looking yes almost yeah bayonetta hair eyeball monsters mm-hmm. all, all wavy tentacles it all it all really looks like the whole comic looks like you know, old silk screen painting where there's a, you see like a bunch of warriors and there's like a, a big ogre with flames coming out of its mouth. But then that's just put into the re- a real world and it looks great. It's the art style is unparalleled. I think I've never seen a comic look like this. It walks this line where it's imperfect, like zine level at times, but it, it doesn't take away from the story or I mean, I'm not saying that in a derogatory way, but the, this style is kind of consistent. And when it uses moments of discomfiture or like it'll zoom up on somebody's eyes real big and they'll be all crazy looking. And it's it's not drawn realistically and it's obviously a drawing, but it's so different that it, it's it's just so shocking. It's almost like on Ren and Stimpy when they get really <laughs> yeah. close to Ren's face and it's like hideous. And they, they move back and it's just like the smooth looking thing again. Yeah, the one evil scientist lady. Yes. Eyeballs aside, I would describe the art style to be very similar to Yoshitaka Mano, uh, who did all of the Final Fantasy art. So if you look at like any Final Fantasy art, up and down artwork, it, it looks a lot like that. And I think it's probably, I would guess it was an influence, but it has its own life and its own sort of thing about it. It's Western and it's manga inspired. I think that's what I was trying to get at. That kind of like hand drawn, like black and white kind of manga esque stuff. Um, and but it's also very Western, and it's also the cats all look very good. And I want to pick up uh, Professor Tam Tam and give him a good squeeze. Oh, I love Professor Tam Tam. I found that the animals looked cooler to me than like the humanoid beings. Like Professor Tam Tam was awesome. Kippo, Kippa's tail is great. I liked when uh, the half wolf, fam- yeah, that, and when the half wolf family show their like wolf faces, yeah, that was good. I, I really liked that. I, I liked how that looked. The people kind of looked generic almost at times compared to all the other crazy shit that was going on around them. So I, I, I really liked the fantasy end of it more than than looking at the people. The Council of uh, Arcanic Creatures, where you have like the full bloods or or whatever they are called, or the half bloods or however, those guys like that, that wolf lady, and the you know, there's all like bird people. The, the world is just so deep, and they'll throw all of these crazy new characters at you, and it doesn't stop to explain it. There's no like 
and it's unremarked by everyone and we just moved on I'm like well yes obviously yes yeah okay he's one of those guys yeah okay fine whatever later on there's like squid people and tiger people all, all kind every kind of like magic creature you can think of is at one point in this series i love it um okay so one of the other big things to touch on is the main character makia uh makia half wolf her mother was a archaeologist Moriko, uh, and it, we get these hints that her mother was up to some shady business involving Micah doing experiments on Micah and the one of her old kind of like lab partners. I don't know what the relationship was between the, the white haired research lady who, who was eating Arcanics, uh, but they did work together and it seems like she did something to Micah, which might explain this weird power that she has that seems to be connected to one of the old gods. Yeah, Yvette, she's extremely scary. Yvette, oh yeah, man. She well, she's in that robe. She's got like real um, spooky lady from The Shining energy, where she's just like coming at you at all times, kind of like weird. And she's got that half red face, almost like the it follows like the the, the old lady part of it follows when that monster is like uh, like like shambling towards you. Yeah, yeah. And there's like nothing nothing you could do to stop it. It's got bigger elements of horror than action, but it has both in equal parts. Micah is awesome. When she rolls in with that flamethrower, man, I was like, whoa, whoa, okay. I'm glad they do that right up front and they just show you how everything's going to be as brutal as possible at times. So yeah, so to to uh, to hit that story back up just a little bit more, it, it starts with that slave auction and uh, ends up with one of these witch people coming to basically take Micah Half Wolf in- into their zone where they're going to extract the ilium from her because she's an Arcana magic juice, the magic juice, and do do their nasty business with that. Uh, but. We, you come to learn that this is all it's all part of Micah's plan Ha-ha. Uh, because she intends to get to Yvette, who she knows was uh, close with her mother. And that's like one of the overarching things is her 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 mother's dead. Mm hmm. And her mother, and as you said, her her mother and this Yvette, they did some type of treasure hunting, if you will, to find some kind of artifact that ended up making Micah have a monster inside of her. Who's very cool and kind of a nice guy. Like a, a very literal, yeah. Besides, very cool, kind of a nice guy, just gets real hungry. Besides the devouring. Besides the devouring. A little a little Venom-like. He, well, yeah. And, but, you know, they never show that, like, Venom devouring children. <laughs> that's, the, that's the difference. So, well, they, that's why I said a little venom They did broach that in this particular, even <laughs> issue number two, I believe. You come to find out that, yeah, it was pretty fast. Like the saddest child. He killed the saddest child there is. The saddest, the most pathetic human <laughs> that that deserved all of the saving. So, yeah, there's this motley crew of folks that are behind bars because they're not just extracting this magic juice from them. Oh, uh, yeah. They're doing it slowly, one body part at a time. It's fucked up. And it's horrifying and, yeah, super jacked. And they're real horny for it, which makes it way worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was unco- it's it's uncomfortable. They couldn't be like, hey, "I'm sorry about this. We just ne- really need to do it." Uh no. So it's yeah, it's really bad, but anyway, she plays the part of an emancipator kind of. Uh where she, she so she ends up with Kippa, this little wolf or little fox girl, and uh and she becomes her unwanting ward in a way. She's horribly afraid of her. 
I like her little her little conscience. She was real big on Micah, and uh, then they finally escape. But the little fox girl knows what Micah had to do to that aforementioned sad magic child. Just basically ate his soul. Yeah, because the the monster gives Micah extreme power, but in that it also gets very hungry and needs to basically devour creatures to exist. Now, Micah, so there's a, this kind of thing. So the, the Shaman Empress is this extremely powerful arcanic that I guess used to, it's kind of hinted that she had some control over the old gods and had just big time power and her bloodline is also extremely powerful so people the closer you get to the bloodline the more powerful you are so Micah just generally although she looks just like a human is full of extreme magic power so she's very strong she's extremely tough hard to kill Um, and also in addition to that she has this other um, old god basically that uses her body as a vessel to interact with the real world which is something that everyone in that world believed to be impossible now there's also this the mask and there's fragments of the mask and basically they're kind of like a one ring situation so being exposed to them it can give someone great power but it's also extremely um, toxic basically magically radioactive so it gives you power but it warps you and kind of makes you crazy yeah see Yvette yes um, and she works for the Cumea and there's a branch within the Cumea who have even more extreme magic powers and who are also more extreme just generally and that's the Inquisitrix and I just wanted to touch on these guys uh, a couple of the character names Hammer uh, uh, Needle and I think there's like Nail maybe is one of them um, and they are very cool uh magic warrior nuns i did not expect the inquisitrix no it's you never you never do expect the cumean inquisitrix (laughs) no one does caught caught me off guard but yeah they're just fun it's just a fun little there's all kind of there's so many fun little bits and bobs of fantasy stuff in here it's just great so yeah eventually the 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 monster starts to come out and communicate with Micah and also with Kippa at, at, at off certain points. Kind of at the end of the book, um, Micah becomes involved basically with the Arcanic High Council in the form of this bird man uh, who comes and joins the party. Basically, plot wise, that's kind of where it ends. There's lots more of information and things learned that are learned, but a- as far as actions go, they kind of meet up. Uh, and I think that's kind of the end of it, if I'm right. Yeah. And to, to add to the Venom parallel, I think that uh, that Micah and uh, and Zin, the name of the monstrum that is uh, inhabiting her, they sort of they sort of do form a little bit more of a bond. And there are rules laid out just like in Venom. You know, you can't just eat people type rules, you know, unless they're bad people then go for it. Yeah, I really like I really like I, especially later. I, I have a hard time because I have a monstrum inside of you. This is. Yeah. And I know this is not a fresh read for Sam, so I guess I we should have mentioned this earlier. Dave, this is a fresh read for you coming in on this one? Yeah, this was... Uh, I had never uh, heard of this one. Fresh read. Again, very heavy. So, uh, not fresh read. That's that's what we call read, fresh read. That's the name of his uh, mixtape. Yeah. Only on Saturday nights, baby. <laughs> but I, I, I enjoyed this. Summer, summer, summer time. <laughs> I know I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, I had never heard of Marjorie Lou. I had never heard of Monstress. And then you you guys said to to read it for the comic book book of the month. 
comic book book and i enjoyed it i thought it, i thought it was it was it was lore heavy like we keep saying but uh it, it wasn't too much where i couldn't stick with it like my my adhd i have started reading books and then throw throwing them out as like i'm never gonna finish this one because i can't i can't focus on it but this one had the right kind of art style that kept me in the whole time i'm not a tattooed person but if i had to get a tattoo it'd probably be of a cool hair eyeball monster it's pretty dope hell yeah if you're looking for a an esoteric tattoo, you should definitely hit up Monstrous. There's something in there for you, guaranteed. If you like eyeballs. Yeah. If you like eyeball monsters also, uh, and if you've never uh, checked it out, uh, the Helsing manga and uh, various animes, they got lots of, like, many eyeballed creatures. I've watched a few of the animes. I've never read the mangas, but it's so good. Fucking, it's all dope as hell, baby. Did they ever finish that that one that series, the um the TV series? There's like um I think there's they they did three long movies. Oh, that that is good to know. I didn't know they finished it. So there's like three OVAs or whatever those shits are called, and it, the one the one's like an hour twenty, and I think the other one's like an hour or something like that. I'm pretty sure there's three. I don't know, but they Helsing's badass. Vampire Hunter D also bad, badass. Oh, Vampire Hunter D is dope. Yeah. Uh, also kind of in this this same style. Like Vampire Hunter D is was like very fantastical. Lots of like weird shit kind of cyberpunky, steampunky shit. But, yeah, th- this world is is really in depth. I think it's a lot of fun. You can kind of absorb the the lore at your kind of leisure. It's just a story about a monster, you know, it, kind of a possession story. And it's also a story about surviving war. Oh, we're back to monstrous. Yes. At, a, at its heart. <laughs> Back to Monstress. Couldn't agree more. I think it's great. Uh, the next question we normally ask is, will you keep reading on? I certainly have. I am I think I'm up to date. I check every now and again to make sure, but I'm pretty sure I'm I'm up to date on this one. Well, at least as the, the trades are concerned. As I so often do, I got, I caught up to it. And as soon as I started reading it, I think there were three volumes out at that point in time. And I read, I blew through them and then it was like, hurry up and wait. And then now I think I'm three or four volumes behind because I, because I haven't picked it up since then. But rereading this first volume is probably going to propel me into, uh, I, I should probably read it all again anyway, before I get to those other ones. So I'm going to read through chronologically up until the end, but yeah. I enjoy this. I enjoy the art style so much, and I think the narrative is interesting, and and uh, it's just a lot of really cool ideas on the page. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I would. This is one that I'd really love to own uh, physically because I I don't know that I would go th- back and read through all of the you know kind of political drama of it all. You know, just flipping through and looking at the art. because uh, I got that extended edition, and I I just kind of flipped through the rest of the the book as I was waiting for us to get started today. And it's just so, it's just unlike anything you've seen in a comic before. It's incredibly dynamic. The line work is intense. It's, I don't know. It's wild. Yeah. If you haven't checked it out, look up some screens or something at le- at the very least, take a look. Uh, but everyone should give this one a, a listen. A read. Everyone should give this one a read. Yeah, I completely agree. That's what Reed says to give this one a read. Five reads out of five. Reads, reads. <laughs> this one is certainly one of reads, reads. Uh, okay. So, yeah, everybody loves this one. I won a million awards. It's very cool. Everybody loves it. Uh, we don't go too far into reception. <laughs> it would be weird if we did, if you listened to all this and we were like, but yeah, it kind of sucks. But no, it, it's good. <laughs> it's definitely good. Worth a read. Yeah, it's gotten five Eisners. 
I've recommended it to several people already. So the answer to that question, you, you've probably recommended it to me before. Would I recommend it to somebody? I, yeah. Yeah, you should read this. Comics are cool. This is a cool comic. It should have its own TV show. Man, I would love to see that. I would love to see this. Or like a movie series. Anime, whatever. I'd do anything. I'd watch this any old way. Uh, yeah, make it make it one of those like, man, I don't know. I don't know if you could do this as a, like a series. This monsters, baby. It's pretty graphic, too. I don't know who's going to put them. I don't know about. I don't know. I'd love to see it. I would love to see it. But okay, let's do a quick roundup. I'm not even going to do a quick ramp up to the roundup. Let's do a quick. Who's your hero? Who's your villain? Uh, my uh, hero is my Professor hero Tam is... Tam. Yeah, of course. Ah, uh, you monster. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> Professor <No. laughs> Tam Tam weaves a rich tapestry, and I always feel so like warm and fuzzy after I, after I'm done reading a, a Professor Tam Tam page. They lay it out like a one page full page thought blast he's like a lecturer in in a nicomancer school and it, it's everything is so enlightening and incredible and it, uh, in uh one of the most graphic comics maybe that i've ever read it's like it's a brief oasis where you just you just just words and and some cute pictures <laughs> It really walks it back right after the, you know, the the youngling killing, as it were. Uh, and then you get a le- nice little lecture from a, a pleasant little cat professor. <laughs> Indeed. I'm going to stick with the cats. Uh, my, my hero is actually Ren Mormorian. Uh, his relationship with uh, with Kippa and Micah was just so much fun. He was the, o- the only kind of funny part of the whole story, really, was was Ren. And I, I, I liked him. A lot. He really. I mean, he wasn't funny, funny, but he was. I like when his tail goes puffy. Yeah, that was fun. He, he was like, "Oh, everything's crazy," and then Ren shows up for a minute, and it just kind of like I had something to focus on, so I didn't get like too lost in it. I, I really liked him a lot. Uh, I really like our fish out of water, uh, Kippa. I think Kippa is just a great character. It's like the real heart and soul, like the only actual hero uh, that is here is Kippa uh, because Micah's arc is not is not very heroic, um, which leads me to my villain. It's going to be Micah, Half-Wolf. She's kind of just just really stirring shit up. I know it's just all prophesied and and all this but I don't know I think she puts a lot of people at risk a lot of the time and you know sometimes they'll do the hard thing and make a sacrifice but man you you're kind of doing a self-sacrifice thing for a problem that you caused so she's my villain I think my villain is is a war child she was pretty tough she was like a little bit too edgy for me I think throughout like I I, I didn't I didn't really I, I don't know didn't seem to fit she wasn't in much of it which one was war child at least yet, I've only read the. She comes in in volume five. One sec. You read that much? Let's see if I can get a picture. I don't, I don't even know War Child is. Oh. Or chapter five, I meant to say. Maybe I'm thinking War. Wait, hold on. I might be thinking. Hold. My brain may be broken. War. War Child is what volume five is called. One second. Someone had War in their name. Uh, War. Was it Warlord? No, she's like an Anubis looking thing. The Sword of the East. Is that the mom? No, the Sword of the East is not Marika the Half Wolf. Oh, that's two different characters, two different people we're talking about. Yeah, this is this this is the twin sister of Moriko Half Wolf. Oh, okay, okay, it's her, it's her sister with all the tails. Yes, with all the tails. Yes, yes. I didn't like her that much. I, I thought she was kind of off putting the whole time she was in it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My my villain is uh, got to be Yvette, just for them crazy eyes. Ooh, yeah. 
Yvette is scary. And she was just, she was cutting bits of bits of little kids off to make magic stuff. I mean, she had a, a whole room that was just de- dedicated to the eating of Arcanics, which I think even, even in the circle of witches is something that they, that they don't like people to know that they do. It's like this, like a rumored thing. And they're like, is that, that's real? You guys really are eating them? Like they thought they were just using the parts to make things, but they're, they're straight up essentially cannibals. Yeah, it was probably one of my favorite lines is one of the other Kimeo witches. Uh, she says that line. She's like, wait, that's for real? Like, she's like, I, I thought that was just a rumor. <laughs> she She's eating this mm-hmm. fucking shit? Um, and I think, yeah, that that was a that was a great little um, moment there because even like the bad guys in the series show moments of like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on, what? They're, they're often immediately killed. Then yeah, there's there are layers or levels to to badness, right? Well, okay, I think that uh, will pretty much wrap up monstrous. I did want to briefly talk if you guys have a moment if I could talk about a couple of movies that I've I've watched recently. You in a bender air. Regale me. Excellent. So I'm going to start with The Northman, which is a movie that just uh, released recently. Uh, this was directed by uh, Robert Eggers, who, if you don't are unfamiliar with the name exactly, I'm sure you've probably seen some of his films. He's done The Lighthouse. He's done The Witch. Um, he, he's... Uh, to to name a few, this is an A twenty four sweetheart. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and this one is um in that same vein, but basically pumped up to the rafters. We've got we've got all elements of all those are in the Northmen. Um, now this is kind of a, a a spoiler, no spoiler, because the main character played by Alexander Skarsgård, his name uh in the movie is. Amleth. This is a classic story of revenge, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And his name is Amleth. Sort of Hamlety. Yeah, it's that. It's it is that. No, I don't. I don't see where you could draw that conclusion. I don't think that it's close. Yeah. Again. So, spoiler, no spoiler. I think probably his dad's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ethan Hawke. I think Ethan Hawke is going to be all right. <laughs> I think he's going to play a, a very large role. We're going to see a lot of Ethan Hawke. Why else would you put him in there? You know what else I think? I think Willem Dafoe is going to be pretty level-headed in this flick. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you could trust him. He's known for it. To be like the, again, kind of like Professor Tam Tam, that, that oasis in the desert of insanity, of, of uh, metalhead Norseman insanity. Willem Dafoe is going to be the, the, he's going to be even keel. He, he plays Heimar, Heimir the Fool. I don't want to get into to it because he does so he does things that they can only be in an A24 film. He does like lighthouse level stuff. And that's all I'll say. Which means you see his wiener. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. There's well, okay. There's lots. This movie, everybody is cranked up to 11. There's no even keel. No character is like a regular human in this movie at all. And it's great because it's like Viking times. Like these people, like these people were out of control. It's, it's a, it's a great movie. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to get too far into it. I mean, it's, it's Viking Hamlet. Uh, so see it while it's in theaters or wait. <sighs> okay. I, that's, that's the real question because it is a spectacle and there are crazy moments. There are like outrageous moments, but it is, it's pretty long. I mean, if you're doing a Hamlet, it's going to take a while to resolve. I mean, Lion King, you know, that that's basically the leanest version you can get of that. Uh, and, and this movie is a bit stretched. 
Did you know that Scar's name obviously wasn't Scar at birth? Okay. Yeah. It was uh garbage. It was Taka and which literally means tr- like yeah. trash. So his parents named him Trash. That's awesome. So you would see why you pick Scar. Like why would you pick why would you name yourself after your Yeah, just call me just just call me Scar. That's a level up for sure. That's fine. Then Trash. No. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so Mufasa I think means king. So they named named Mufasa king, and they, they named Scar trash. Well, if that doesn't put a chip on your shoulder, I don't know what will. I mean, that's there you go. That's that's the whole thing, isn't it? This movie looks incredible. It's um, you know, it's Robert Eggers. It's it's crazy. There's lots of stuff happening. In it. Anya Taylor Joy's in it. I, I think if you've got the time, then you should check it out in theaters. But if you're stretched at all for time, I think you could get a, a pretty similar experience at home when this drops um but it, it, it is worth I, it is worth paying money for i'll say that i'll give it a rent i wouldn't wait till this comes i mean maybe it'll come to hbo i don't know i i find myself kind of worried that a24 created anya taylor joy in a lab specifically i've never seen her in person is she is this a uh what's the name of that anime character that's that hitsume or whatever <laughs> is she a, is she a digital person only it could be she's like simone yeah is it Mitsune Hakun? Something like that. I don't know. Oh, Hatsune Miku. Hatsune Miku. Yeah. Is this a Hatsune Miku situation? Is she a digital only? It's a Hatsune Miku situation. Nerds. <laughs> I love that your internet cut out when you did that. So it didn't like your, the internet itself was rejecting your, your bad take, Dave. Not to mention it made you sound like a robot. <laughs> I've never, I don't know what's nerdier than that. I don't know anything other. I don't know anything about that other than it exists. But it's like an anime pop star, or some shit. But it's like a computer lady. But Annie Taylor, it's an Annie Taylor Joy situation. Oh, okay. Where it's just too perfect a person to actually exist. It's one of those. Got it. But isn't she also in The Witch? She likes to live deliciously. Yeah. So a twenty four. It's wild. This is a good one. I think. She's also going to be in Nosferatu. Oh, hell yeah. She'd be good at that. A24 is having a moment, isn't it? Uh, They're making the most interesting movies. And I think that's kind of undisputed. They'll take the big chances because this movie is a little bit too long. I'd, I'd say it's probably could lose like 20 minutes, but it, I'm, it's engrossing. Like you're in it. It's not like oppressive, but it is. It's like a bite of sushi where there's no there's no way to take a small bite of an A24 film. You've got to like you've you've got to just grip it and rip it. It's a full mouth experience. Um, like it or not, you're fully invested until it's over. I watched Lighthouse with Miranda. Oh, and it was it was an interesting situation. Now, the last thing I had seen Robert Pattinson in before that okay. was Twilight. So, pretty big heel turn, I think, from being a sparkly vampire. Now, okay, and also in my own defense, and you, you're not allowed to cut this, I only watched Twilight with riff tracks. I mean, I don't care. Watch what you want. I mean, that, that, that first movie, I, I, there's no defense. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're being permissive, but I, I feel like I'll lose some cred. There's no defense for that first movie. I'll say that because that that was they basically just made that movie as a goof and then it made a bajillion dollars. So after that. All right. So you're saying those wolves looked all right. You could you could wait. You could wait till the DVD comes out if you still do DVDs. <laughs> Probably. I would. I don't know that I'd make this one. In a, wait for digital. A necessity. I, a movie that I think everyone I wish could have seen in theaters, but I would love to, if I could hold a screening, I'd probably do for this movie 
uh, for uh, everything everywhere all at once. Uh, I can't remember if we talked about that recently. I've seen like f- like a trailer of that, but and it looked insane. And isn't that got um? Isn't that yeah? Key Hai Kwan, Jamie Lee Curtis, James Hong, Michelle Yeoh, I believe. Oh man, so it's got David Lopan. It's got he's like ninety. Short round. It's got Jenny Slate. How could you go wrong? It's yeah, it's great. Um, because there were moments I saw that one, and there was maybe like there's like two other people in the theater, and there were moments where I was like basically jumping out of my chair and like shouting and laughing and like there's a moment where the, there's a there's a lyrical moment of dialogue that passes unremarked in the movie but if you know it basically when you know you'll know and it, it'll it'll rock you to your core it's it's an incredible experience and i think everyone should experience that around as many people as possible that's like a it's like basically a party movie um about like family and togetherness so it's like paddington 2 with kung fu with more kung fu hmm <laughs> That good? Yeah, oh yeah, I th- I think it's all, it's almost a perfect movie. If it's on the level of Paddington Two, I'll need to see it as soon as possible. It's like uh, maybe like three quarters of Paddington Two. Okay, yeah, but I mean, who can touch God? Speaking of Paddington Two, it's a it comes up. It's kind of a spoiler, I guess, but not really. You won't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Paddington 2 is a plot point. It is a movie with Nicolas Cage. And if you look on IMDb, Nicolas Cage's character name in the movie is Nick Cage. With a K. That's important because Nick Cage doesn't spell his name with a K normally. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, Nicolas. He's a Nicolas. Uh, so he's an NIC. But yeah, um, it's one of the most outrageous, ambitious, craziest, uh, best uses of an actor maybe ever. It is. Basically, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home for Nick Cage. That's incredible. And Nick Cage characters. I, I saw the, the trailer for this, and I know I have to see it. I just haven't gotten out into the theaters yet. Also, Dave bears a striking resemblance to Nicolas Cage. I, I have been told. In the Cageiverse, yeah, you could be. You could be a variant. Something to think about. Keep that in mind. Something to think about. You did. You did say your characters. Uh, you, you like your characters to dual wield. Yeah. And Nick Cage has famously dual wielded gold forty fives. So you know. Yeah. Something to think about. Are you related to Francis Ford Coppola? Were we still recording whenever you we talking about dual wield? Are you keeping that in? It's fine. <laughs> we were recording, but I, I do. I my most of my characters uh, in D and D type games dual wield. But this movie is incredible. I can't. I literally cannot tell you anything else. I could say saying anything about the movie. I think will do it a disservice. Um, I think the best thing for you is just to watch this as soon as possible. I've heard people complain that it's five different movies at once, but that is complain actually accurate and part of it. That sounds awesome. So, all right, go out with a bang. I say. <laughs> So see that in theaters? See that in theaters. Yeah, if you can. It's a hoot. Um, I loved every second of it. What should we do if we can't see it in theaters? Just wait then. It's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> were, you, were you segueing? Sorry. <laughs> no, I was just, just saying it was, you know, that seemed like a natural conclusion to the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please uh, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks to our very kind patrons for making this episode possible. Megan and Steve, thank you very much. Be sure to stay tuned uh, for the next mini episode where we'll be announcing um, the next comic book, book of the month, 
comic book book. You can keep track of what's head- happening in the Nerdiverse over at nerdaplexy.com. And if you'd like to stay up to date on the minute, you can catch the notifications coming at you from at Pod on Twitter, helmed by our good friend and social media manager, is Dave. Yes, hit me up there. You can also hit me up at the face of Dave. I'd love to see uh, your your weird comic book related tattoos like Sam was talking about earlier. All right. Very cool. But you can check me out at letterboxd at read underscore nerdoplexy. Throw me a follow. Check out my reviews and um, say hey. Sam is over at pgh underscore svh on Twitter. For the next episode, we will be watching the film 1994 or 1994 94 1994's The Shadow for this baby should be good I can't wait I cannot wait to find out who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men in the hearts of men I'm so excited to finally figure it out who knows Jack Donaghy knows join us for that and but until we meet again, I'd like to leave you with this thought to ponder. Do you know Nick Cage collects comic books and sees them as being today's equivalent of mythology? Ooh, I did not know that. That's awesome. Another There's a, there's a cross-section. Another cross-section because we were talking about tattoos. On his upper back, he has a tattoo of a monitor lizard with a top hat. That's pretty good. Think about that. He bought Schloss Needstein, a mini castle in the Bavarian village of Etzelwang. <laughs> also important to know.